With Christmas around the corner, we celebrate this Advent season in our next series, Goodwill. We will be looking at famous Christmas carols and how these familiar songs lead us to the birth of our Savior Jesus. If you are interested in knowing more about Jesus, Christianity, or our community of faith at Christ Church at Grove Farm, I encourage you to reach out to us on our website, ccgf.org. Our pastors and staff would love to connect with you and assist you in your walk with Christ. Here's the message from this week. Grace and peace to you. Merry Christmas. We're so glad you're here. My name's Craig, and I'm really grateful that you have taken the time during your Christmas holiday to be with us to worship God. So um, this is a special night, and I'm glad you're a part of it. Speaking of special, during this Advent and Christmas season, we at Christ Church have a project that we've been really excited about. We call it Goodwill, and we had a devotional that ran through, I guess it was yesterday, and then we have an album that goes along with this that our team has created along with Chris Wu, who is a violinist for the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. It's fantastic. And uh, we want to give you that as a free gift. So on the screen, you're going to see a QR code. Leave that up there for a second. And you can scan that, and it'll take you to a link tree. And you can download this album, listen to it, you know, on all the streaming platforms. Listen, this is going to help you out because some of you, your Christmas playlist needs some help. Too much Mariah Carey. You need a little more class in your act so you can impress your family when you sit down for a Christmas dinner and you'll have this lovely music playing. You're welcome. I'm helping you out there. And also, it's probably a good time to remind you that we also have um, my personal Christmas album available also this Christmas season. I want to show you the cover there. Um, there's a second cover, too. It was so popular, we came up with two covers. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for all your help with that. Actually, I need to tell you that I'm kidding about that because someone actually took me seriously when I showed that cover earlier, and they thought I really had a Christmas album. Speaking of hurting playlists, if you need my music, you, you really are beyond help. So, um, yeah, we're glad you're with us. The centerpiece of this entire project has been the song that you heard first tonight. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And that's a powerful song. Um, it, it was written in 1863 by a man named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Maybe you've heard of him, famous poet. And, and Longfellow wrote that song from a place of great despair. You, you heard a little bit in the opening narration. So the deal was that Longfellow uh, lost his wife in a fire. Her dress caught on fire and she burned to death. And, and he was trying to save her, so he himself sustained significant burns. He was hurting personally. And then, while he's mourning the loss of his wife, his son got sent off to uh, fight in the Civil War. And he got seriously injured, maimed significantly, and his life was never the same. And so Wadsworth was, you know, taking all this in and wrestling and, and really in a dark place with all these things. He, he, it was so bad for him that he thought that he was going crazy and checked himself into, or was thinking about checking himself into what they called in those days an asylum. And on Christmas Day of 1863, he heard in New England church bells ringing. And those bells were really dissonant for him. He knew what they signified in a certain sense, but, but it, they didn't, you know, compute. It never happened to you before. I think it really is an important point to consider the song because in the song, Longfellow is depicted as a man who hears bells on a certain level, but doesn't at least initially really hear them. There's a difference between hearing and listening. 
the difference is perceiving a sound. I mean, that's hearing. You hear my voice right now. But then there's, there's a kind of hearing, a kind of listening that requires thoughtful attention. There's a difference between perceiving a sound and hearing with thoughtful attention. I want to point this out because, you know, here we are on Christmas Eve, a special night, parties planned, all the good stuff. And, and, and here's what happens on, on every Christmas. Many of you show up at a Christmas Eve service. You go through all the, you know, the, the great things, the great elements of what makes Christmas special. And you might come to church like you are tonight, and you hear a message, and you walk out the door, and though some people really hear it, so many people, and this is always true, don't really hear it. Don't really listen. What if this Christmas was different? What if you really heard, really listened to the message of Christmas? I believe it would change your life in a way that would be exciting and revolutionary. So that's my prayer. I've been praying that, and Pastor Mike, we've been praying this together and praying that we would really hear. There's a verse of scripture in the New Testament, Romans 10, 17, and it says this, it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, the word of Christ. So let's dig into the word of Christ. Before we do that, I would love to pray right now. Would you pray with me, please? This is a Christmas prayer for you. God, thank you for this day and what it signifies. Thank you for this season and everything about it that's so exciting. As we gather here tonight, I pray, Lord, that this wouldn't just be uh, a tradition, but it would be something that's really powerful and transformational for all of us collectively in this place. So God, give us ears to really hear, to really listen. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I would love to read to you tonight from the New Testament book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And these Gospels, of course, are like the biographies of Jesus Christ. They tell us about his life. And, and Luke 2 is the most prominent, famous passage of Scripture when it comes to Christmas. And so we're going to read a, a portion of this. Let's look at Luke 2. You'll see the words on the screens, and you can follow along there. I'm going to begin in, in verse 15. And read through 20. Here's what the scripture says about what happened on that night when Christ was born. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go up over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So as we look at this text, I want to show you, I guess, three things. The first is, I want to show you the reality. We're going to talk about that in a moment. There's a revelation I want to speak of here, and there's even a response that we see in the Scripture. So the first thing I want to go back to is, if you go back to verse 15, there's a little phrase there I want to point out to you, because the Scripture says, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. 
this thing that has happened. Well, what's the thing that has happened? I think you know, but let's, let's actually look into the scriptures and make sure we're all clear on it. This is the reality of Christmas, and it comes from the passage right before what I just read to you. This is the thing that has happened. Look at verses 8 through 14. It's, it's on the screen again. It says this, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Or you may have heard it said, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's where we got the title, goodwill. So yeah, here we hear here, what we see here is the bells of the good news bringing out. This is the reality of Christmas. What's the thing that has happened? What's well, articulated for us right here. You see, God didn't send a soldier to the world. He didn't send a judge, at least this time, to the world. He didn't send a politician. When the world needed help, God sent a Savior. If you look at verse 11, it says, today, in the city of David, a Savior. A Savior is born. You know, if you think about those times in history, a long time ago, it's actually not that dissimilar, their situation, to what ours is today. You know, in those times, there were economic issues. By the way, far worse economic issues for the people of that day than we have today with our inflation. Way worse. They... they um saw crumbling morality happening in their culture. People were wondering, what's going on? It seemed like things were falling apart. That, that was the status of the world. That was the status of the culture into which Jesus came. And, and it's interesting. Roman law couldn't address the problems. Roman law was significant, but it couldn't address the problems. Greek philosophy, which was very popular in that day, that kind of thinking, that couldn't address the problems that people were facing. Even the Jewish religion, even it couldn't address the deepest needs of the human heart. And so what does God do? He sends a Savior. God sent His Son. This is the reality of Christmas. God sent His Son to save us from sin. To save us from sin. You know, when you think about that statement, God sent His Son to save us from sin, there's a tendency to think about someone else, right? Oh, yeah, Uncle Bob, he needs a Savior. You know who I'm talking about. You're going to see him tonight. <laughs> or you think about, you know, the problems of the world. But this is actually very personal. And the truth is, we all know this. If any one of us were to think of ourselves and really be honest and uncover everything that's there, you'd be able to recognize and say, yeah, I'm broken too. I have sin also. I need a Savior. And so God sent His Son to save us from our sins. 
To save us from misery. Isn't life sometimes kind of miserable? You know, I was talking to a guy from our church yesterday who called. He, he was going to come and serve. And he called me and said, hey, I was at work. I slipped on some ice. I fell and I have a concussion. He said, I can't come tonight. And I was like, come on, what do you mean concussion? You can't come? No, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And he, he said to me, he said, listen, he said, this is like just a fitting end to this year. He said, this entire year has been nothing but hardship after hardship after hardship. And he's told me about it, and it's true. Sometimes there's just a sense of misery in life. And I know this, with this many people worshiping with us tonight, both in person and online, I know that there are some who are really feeling that misery. God sent his son to save us from sin and misery. God sent his son to save us from mortality, from death. There are some who are wrestling with the, the grips of death, whether it's been, you, you've been touched by death through the loss of a loved one this year, or that, that scepter of death is just kind of hanging over your heads and hanging over your family. This is why God sent his son. And listen, his name is Christ the Lord. He is the chosen one. This is the reality of Christmas. It's important. I hope you hear this. The bells of the gospel ringing out. Let's go back to that first section I read to you. It's um, verses 15 through 20. And, and right after we looked at this, this sentence, it says, this thing that's happened, it says, which the Lord has made known to us. This thing that has happened, which the Lord, the shepherd says, has made known to us. See, there's a revelation. The Lord showed them something. He revealed something to the shepherds. And you know, it's interesting. This revelation is actually pretty noisy. In other words, it wasn't exactly a silent night. We're going to sing that song, and I love that song. But really, when you look at the scriptures, the night wasn't so silent. I mean, let me just show you a few phrases here. We'll have them in bold on the screen. The scripture says this. It said, they made known the saying, something that they had heard. They made known the saying that had been told to them. There's lots of noise in this passage. It says, all who heard it. There, there, there were people who were hearing something, a message. They went about, after they heard this, glorifying and praising God. You see, listen, this, this revelation is not made known by sight. It's, it's made known by hearing. By really hearing. Really listening. And so here's what I would say tonight. I, I want you to hear me right now. The gospel is the news, the great news, the good, good news that Jesus Christ, the perfect one, the holy one, the righteous one, died to pay for our sins. Let me make it personal. He died to pay for your sins. And he rose again. And for anyone who believes in him, there is no condemnation. There's no judgment. Only everlasting joy. Th that's the gospel. That's what we have to hear at Christmas. This is why December 24th and 25th is such a big, big deal. It continues to be a big deal because of that good news. You know, God created the world. He created the heavens and the earth. He created night and day. He created all the, the living creatures. And he created people. And God always wanted a family. 
But you know, just like any family, maybe like your family, families get broken. Families have a tendency to get a little sideways. And because of that, again, sin that happened, the family got broken up, so to speak. But God wasn't content with that. And this is where we come to Jesus, the righteous one who is sent to earth. And he dies to pay for sins. He, raised, he rises again to life. And if you believe in him, there's no condemnation. There's no judgment. There's only everlasting joy. That is the gospel. But here's what I know is true. There are people here, and this is always true, any kind of room like this, there are people here tonight who are not trusting in Jesus, who are not believing in Jesus. I know there's probably a lot of reasons why. If, if I were to sit down and ask and have a conversation, which I would actually enjoy and get to know you, you'd probably say, well, here's why. Here's why I got this question, or I have this doubt, or I had this experience. I have this disconnect. Listen. I want to plead with you tonight. I want to plead with you tonight on Christmas Eve to believe, to hear the gospel, and to believe Jesus. Don't, don't attempt to be strong in your own strength. That doesn't work. That will not work in the long haul. I came across a quote I want to share with you. I think it speaks to this. You know, what is Christmas? Here it is. Christmas is believing that the salvation of the world is God's work, not mine. That's the good news. Christmas is believing that the salvation of the world isn't in your hands, it's in God's hands, and he's provided a way. Man, I, I pray that you will really hear, hear the gospel. You'll listen to it, and you'll believe, and you'll trust in Jesus. Let me read you a story. This, this is maybe how this works. Maybe this will be helpful for you. So uh, we've been doing this thing during the Advent season along with our goodwill stuff. It's called the goodwill movement. And what we've asked the people of Christ Church at Grove Farm to do is to take these little cards, take a stack of them, and, and go do acts of random kindness, so to speak. You know, people are leaving really generous tips, and they're helping their neighbors, and they're encouraging people, and they, and they give them this card. And the card very simply has a little link on the back. And if a person is so touched by the experience or the kindness, they can go and share their story. I want to read you one of the stories because I think this maybe helps you understand like how this process of, of believing and trusting in Christ might work. Listen to Ian's story. Ian says this. He says, my next door neighbor is always inviting me to church. Don't you have one of those people in your life always inviting me to church? And he says, I politely thank him each time but I haven't felt compelled to go. He is not pushy or anything, and I appreciate that. Well, yesterday his wife brought me a plate of Christmas cookies with this card attached to it on the top. He said, I was curious, so I Googled the website and I read some of the stories. I was deeply moved, Ian says, by all the people doing such acts of goodwill and kindness for no reason, not for a pat in the back. Not for asking for anything in return, just because. He says this, he says, I almost can't understand it. I believe that, Ian, if you're here, I'm glad you're here, man. And, and Ian, I believe God's opening your ears to hear. That's what he's doing here. He, he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show himself to you. He wants you to be his, to be a part of his family. 
And you know, the, the, yeah, these people are doing this for nothing in return. We don't, we don't pay them to do this. We're, we're not bribing people to do it. They do it because they want people to know the hope of Christ. They know themselves how powerful it is. And so they want to do anything they can to share a little light. Listen, you can leave here and you can go about your business and say, you know, I, I heard that, but I don't know if I really want to buy into that. And, and listen, if you do that, you'll probably have a great Christmas. You'll go and you'll drink eggnog tonight. Yes, eggnog. I know it's divisive, but I like it. You, you, will, you will celebrate by opening gifts. You'll, you'll have mistletoe, all the stuff that goes along with Christmas. And, and you'll come around and you'll go into 2023 and, and you'll begin next year and you'll be back here next year. And you know what should be true? Nothing will change. Everything will remain the same. You'll be in the same place. Hear the gospel. Hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, I told you I want to show you also um, a response in the scripture. Let me show that to you. There is a response, and I think it's pretty powerful. Back to Luke 2. It says this. All who heard it, all who heard the saying, the saying that is unto you, born this day in the city of David as a Savior, Christ the Lord, all who heard that wondered at what the shepherds had told them. You know, that word wondered, it doesn't mean like they were curious or quizzical. We know if we study the original language, the Greek, that that word wondered means that they were astonished. When they heard this, they were astonished. They marveled at what they had heard. You know why I think they were so astonished and why they marveled? Why they, they, they wondered about it? Because they couldn't get over the fact that the God of the universe would love humans so deeply, love people so deeply, that he would send his son to rescue them, to save them. And so they wondered at that news. I really hope that some of you will wonder at this news. Actually, I hope we all will wonder at the news of Christ. Not only that, it goes on. There's more responses here. It says, Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. She treasured them in her heart. You know what that means? She loved the message of Jesus. She loved the good news of Christ come to the world. She loved it so much and she tucked it away in her heart. And whenever she was in a place, maybe of despair, whenever she was, was in misery of some kind or another, she remembered, she treasured, she loved the message of the good news of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Not only that, it says that Mary also pondered these things. She pondered them. She, she thought about it deeply. She didn't just hear it. She listened very intentionally, and she pondered the reality of Jesus. I pray that, that we will ponder. I pray you will ponder the reality of the Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to give you a gift to help with that. We have, I'm reading tonight from, from what is just a little pocket Gospel of Luke. This is just the Gospel of Luke right here. And I would love to give you one of these tonight as a gift. And you can read this. And you can ponder for yourself the message of Jesus Christ, the message of the Gospel. Pastor Mike and I will be back in the Minton Commons at the Welcome Center. Come say hi. We would love to give you this for free. We're not going to make you fill the card or anything like that. There's no bait and switch. We just want to encourage you, and we want to encourage you to ponder the reality of Jesus Christ. They wondered, she treasured, they pondered these things. It's a response. I want to give you an epilogue. So our, our boy, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, 
He was in despair, and he writes the song, and he hears the bells, but he really doesn't hear them. But, you know, within a three- or four-minute song, we get some resolution. I'm sure in real life it took longer. But what happens is Longfellow actually hears. There's like a light bulb that goes off. He actually listens, and he ponders himself the reality of Christ, and he has a breakthrough. Listen to the words of the song. I'm going to read you the, the end where it resolves and we see Wadsworth Longfellow have this experience, if I could find it. Uh, he says this, he says, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right will prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. There was, there was this transformation, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Longfellow heard. He heard, he listened deeply. And there was this revelation of who God is that broke forth to him. You know, that's my story. You know, I grew up going to a church and I'm sure at some point I heard the gospel. I'm sure I heard it. But you know, it didn't stick. And, and somehow, I, I guess I didn't really listen. It's interesting. When I became a Christian, I used to like point a finger when I was a young Christian and say, oh, I wish people didn't tell me about the gospel. Now I know that's not true. I just wasn't listening. I was kind of blowing it off and into myself and doing my own thing. I didn't really, really hear the gospel. But one day, I heard it. I heard it. And you know what? It transformed my life. I pray that you will hear the gospel. I'm going to give you two ways you can respond here tonight. Okay? Here's the first one. Well, on the way in, you got one of these Connect cards that Gideon told you about. And there's information about the church. You can read that. We'd love for you to tell us about yourself. But on the back, there's a little part that I've highlighted on my card. that says this. It says simply, I would like to commit my life to Christ. And people are doing that this Christmas season. Last night, a woman came up to me, and, and she, with tears in her eyes, she said, hey, I think you were talking to me tonight. And she handed me that card that I just dropped. And she said, hey, I, I believe in Jesus. I hear it. How about you? Listen, I know you're, like, worried that your, your wife or you know, your sister is going to see you fill this out. And you're like, I don't know. You know. Hey, just do it. Put it in the basket. Come give it to me. Come give it to Pastor Mike. We would love to encourage you and support you. Take the step and say, I hear God, I hear it, I want it, I need it. It's my Christmas commitment. That's one way you can respond. The second way you can respond is actually what we're going to do here in a moment. We're going to have communion. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a communion service before. When we do this, it's a way of remembering Jesus, celebrating Him. And, and I'm going to tell you that you tonight as we celebrate Jesus and we remember him, you can make your statement of faith. You could say, God, I hear the gospel. I, I hear the gospel, which is the news that Jesus, the righteous one, the perfect one, came and he, he died to pay for my sins and he rose again. And God, I believe in him. I don't want to stand under judgment, but I want to have your joy. You could say that by taking the bread and taking the cup and remembering and celebrating Jesus. This table 
And I'm pointing to a figurative table right here. We're not going to come forward tonight. You're going to take it right in your seats. But this table is open to anyone who loves and believes and trusts in Jesus Christ. So it's for you. Why don't we do this? I'm going to pray. I'm going to move down there. Take that, that communion elements. If you don't have them, by the way, put your hand up and someone will get them for you. And put those in your hand as we pray. God, thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you, God, for Jesus, the hope of the world. Thank you, Lord, for the great news that your son Jesus Christ is born and that by him and through him we can have everlasting joy that through his death on the cross our sins are paid for. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus is raised to life. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would really listen and hear and act and respond to the great Christmas news that the Savior is born. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.